It's a rock and roll bedtime stories bonus episode. We're headed into the mailbag. My name is Brian. And hey, it is Murdoch. Thanks for throwing things into the mailbag. I tell you, it's been a big week. picking fingers. It's been a big week. We've gotten lots of mail. We are hearing from a lot of fans and folks. And thank you for everybody who's reaching out. Anybody that's new, anybody who heard me and my dumbass on the Only Three Lads podcast, and that's why you're here, welcome. Thank you. That was a total blast. Murdoch, you're going to have to do it. Uh, Brett and Greg yeah, said they would love to have you. Apparently, I'm doing it as well. I'm pretty excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really good time, and uh, you get to hear me talk about the replacements and the pretenders and you know lots of the bands. It's a good time. Uh, but if you're here for that, thank you. Uh, this is just the thing we do uh, on occasion where you write the show, and we things that may not make it into main episodes, we spend some time running through uh, letters from you. Here's one from Anne. And um, thank you for listening. She says, hi, guys. I just listened to the Zombies ZZ Top episode, and I was reminded of the new, a news item I saw a couple years ago about a man who catfished a music festival in Olympia, Washington, claiming to be Jonathan Richmond. <gasps> oh, I want to hear about this. So did, did you hear about this? Do you know anything no. about this? No. And man, I... So Anne, I, I looked it Anne, up. I want to I talk to Ann for a moment. Ann... <laughs> I love Jonathan Richmond so much. And and one time I took a new friend to go see Jonathan Richmond and we're watching it. And he turns to me and he goes, Mark, this is amazing. And and someone goes, shh. And he goes, I just got shushed at the Jonathan Richmond. <laughs> and I'll never forget that phrase ever. I, I told Anne I love him. in a reply that I went i was going to see jonathan like this is the most anticlimactic story i was going to see jonathan richmond at some point in my life and i don't know what happened i remember calling the bar and making sure they the tickets were available and all this shit and then somehow it never happened so uh i mean yes modern lovers yes jonathan richmond yes something about mary yes and yes did he get cat did did a music festival in washington get catfished it happened in 2021 a little less than two years ago, uh, this film society in Olympia has a festival every year, and they bring in a sort of an act like that, I think, and they had gotten a call. Jonathan Richmond has, in fact, played that market quite a bit throughout his career. So they got a call. Hey, it's Jonathan Richmond. I'm interested in playing the festival. And they were like, fantastic. We would love that. They set it all up. They promote it. They promote it. A week before guy from a local radio station calls Jonathan Richmond's manager and says, hey, would he be willing to do an interview before the show? And they were like, we have no plans of coming. What are you talking about? And that's when it unravels. So imagine being this festival. I mean, I guess it's better than finding out the night of, but oh yeah, really sucks. And so Anne asks in her letter if, if there has been any follow-up to this. I looked around, and I have not found much about this incident outside of the week that it happened, which was in the end of August of 2021. So I don't know if they've ever found this guy, if this was just somebody clowning. I don't, I don't know. We'll keep an eye on this, and if I can find any follow-ups to this, we, we'll talk about it. But it does fit nicely in that theme of people pretending to be a more obscure rock and roll artist and seeing if they can get away with it. Yeah, and man, what a, I'm glad they figured that out um, early on instead of the night before. What a like, bummer! It, you know, you know, and I don't know if you keep up with current events, but can you imagine, like, you know, the day or two before, you're like, you know, I don't want an ice ice rink for my concert because uh, that that's 
what happened with Frank Ocean, apparently. So, Oh, yeah. I heard that Frank Ocean set was not good at Coachella. They had an ice skating rink <laughs> and, and hockey skating people. Uh, I don't know. And, and In the then, middle of California? And, and In then the they desert? Melted. They, I don't, I, I'm just reading what the internets are telling me, and I, I can't believe <laughs> any of these things are real fucking things that uh, some guy has a, has a damn show with a freaking ice rink. I don't know what's happening. But yeah, apparently that happened, and then they had to, it was melted, and then, oh, it sounded like it was a, I guess, a stinker from what I was reading. Yeah. I, they didn't stream it, and they didn't stream Bjork, which I, I bet was probably really lovely. So, um, um, I mean, yeah. anyway. th- those experiences in the middle of the desert in California, that, uh, I, yeah, I don't know about that. I also hear traffic to Coachella is awful. These are the main things I've heard about Coachella, um, or, or the most recent Coachella. I, I am also hearing from a lot of folks who have stories that are similar to this Easy Top Zombie story. This is great. Thank you for sending us these stories. This one is another, this is a personal anecdote. Uh, we heard from Derek. Derek writes, just finished the episode about the zombies versus Easy Top. Have a story I have to share. Around 1990 or 91, when I was attending a little Bible college in Kansas, we had to attend chapel two or three times a year. One time, we had a special guest in chapel, the lead singer of The Tokens. Do you know who The Tokens are? Do you know what their claim to fame is? No. Was there they sang The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, so in chapel, yeah, was, he yeah. sang older doo-wop songs and, of course, some popular Christian songs of the time. And he gave a personal testimony about meeting Jesus. And it was kind of fun, even if it was a little bit cheesy. But better than... But much better than what we normally had to sit through, he says. <laughs> Two or three weeks later, we all found out that the guy had been touring around to schools and Bible colleges presenting as the lead singer to the tokens, and he was totally lying. He wasn't a former anybody. He just could sing, and he made up this identity. <laughs> a weeble wop, a weeble wop, a weeble In the jungle, the mighty Oh, my gosh. Ju- I'm just imagining that voice singing Christian songs, right? Like, uh, what a we have it, Jesus. Like, what's that Man. like? Woo! I, it, well, it would be a lot cooler if it was a doo-wop song. <laughs> Without the real high voice, for sure. Oh, my God. Um, wow. Okay, so what What, what else? Let's, let's look at a few more of these letters we've got from friends. Dave reached out. Hey, you were talking about what song plays right before a band comes on during the ZZ Top episode? I, I guess we were. That sounds like a conversation we would have. I live in North Carolina, and I went to dozens of concerts at the old Charlotte Coliseum in the late 70s and mid-80s. And every band that I saw there, the song that was played before they came out was the Rolling Stones' Sympathy for the Devil. And everyone knew that when that song played, the band would be next. And so everybody started yelling and singing the hoo-hoo-hoo part. I think that had to be the Coliseum's call and yes i do think this had to be it, this is interesting because i haven't heard of venues being like now i don't think venues have that much power typically the tour tells you what no. to play. and that yeah and that sucks i remember i remember that zz top concert that very first one and the the lights were still up and then born to be wild came on oh, and hell it was yeah real loud, loud right they and i remember loud and and the and then beach balls came out and I remember I was like, what's happening? Why? It's really loud. And they're like, it gets louder. And I was like, what's that smell? Like immediately. <laughs> uh, you know, and so, uh, but then I remember, uh, 
I remember before some metal shows, they used to play Balls to the Wall by Accept. That was a uh-huh. fucking trip. That's a thing. Um, and remember yeah. when we saw Green Day on that tour a few years ago, they were playing, they're like, play- they're playing, what was it, Let's Bohemian Rhapsody? Pop. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and then everyone sings it. Yeah, yeah and everybody sings Bohemian Rhapsody, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, so, I, a, another note. This one comes from the guys at Better Mousetrap Guitars. Do you know about these guys? They make custom guitars, no. mostly bass guitars. No. no, but oh my gosh, hello, look em, fellas. Look them up. Better Mousetrap Guitars. I believe Matt is the one writing us. He says, been enjoying the shit out of your content for a little while now. Keep doing what you're doing, and if you ever need someone to talk about bass guitars or post-grunge or new metal, please call me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and if you need a bass, I'm sure we're supposed to call him too. Check out, check them out. They are beautiful, beautiful instruments. Uh, John I'm, Paul. I'm going there. Holy shit. Yeah. By the way, holy shit. I'm looking at these basses. Good <laughs> God. This apparently is not an endorsement, but I just happened to stumble upon the uh, better mousetrap guitars. Pretty, and pretty nice. Pretty nice. Whoa. I know this is like hey, this is like kudos, me kudos. having you look at look at porn on like live on the air. I, you need to stop. Uh, I mean it's I mean it's those are really beautiful guitars. John Paul reached out on Instagram. Remember our Instagram is Instagram.com slash rock and roll bedtime stories. He says just dug into your podcast. That's nice. Thanks for letting us know. Welcome aboard, buddy. Glad you found us. Uh, a few comments on the most recent show. So the show we just put up about uh, a passion projects and rock stars. We talked a lot about John Lennon. Diane says, in regards to your comments about Mr. Lennon's preference for Mr. Klein. Now, if you remember on the episode, I went pretty hard saying that Paul McCartney was superior because he didn't fall for the Klein trick. And she says, uh, wait a second. Didn't McCartney want Linda's father to be their lawyer? That doesn't seem ideal mm-hmm. either. And you know what? Yeah. You're right. And that was a thing. He he was a lawyer. I think it was like him and the brother or something. Like there was it was a family affair and they they represented him for a while. So, okay, I you know, I'm mad enough to admit when I was wrong. Good call. You were right about that. It, and two, you went hard into the paint by by picking a beetle over another beetle. I know. I'm One, I, it's unwise. You should never do that. Yeah. Yeah. I went in for a damn job interview uh with a uh, I got the job. But I went in for the job interview, and and, and uh, they did all the job shit. And then they're like Beatles, Stones. Um, and at the time, I just was like Stones, which was not like no. I just was there. And and then there was Gasp, and you did not and get then, that job. No, I got the job. Oh, you did. Even get the though, job. even though this girl stood up, went across the room, and grabbed a picture frame that showed the tattoo on her back. Of of the Hoffner base. Oh my God! Paul I, McCartney, I know what I know what job you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Paul McCartney autographing her back with a sharpie. Yeah, that's that she a weird had, thing she to be shown to. by a woman during a job interview. Yeah. Um. But you know, she kicks ass, Sarah kicks ass. But that was that was super cool. But, okay. But I mean, it's Beatles Stones. You're Beatles, right? Yeah, I'm Beatles. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's talk about Julio. Julio writes the show and says, just heard the new episode. I have seen that documentary about Jodorowsky's version of Dune. Awesome. He says, the concept was awesome, but the script was crap. The Lynch version was more faithful to the book, and that movie impressed me so much when I was a kid that I bought the movie trading cards. Holy shit, I forgot about this being a thing. Did you ever buy non-sports-related trading cards? 
Yes, and I want to give you hugs, Julio. Thank you so much for doing everything that you just said that you watched both those things and bought those cards. But yeah, pr- producer really cool. Life sent a note who said he said he was in he. I don't know if he's claiming that he was into these or if he just knew about these, but he's like, yes, Dallas and Alf trading cards. Did you ever have those? I didn't have Alf. I no. sort of remember Jurassic Park trading cards, so I looked them up. I was like, "Is that a thing?" And you can definitely buy those on eBay. They're like tops too. Like the the trading card company put out some yeah. fucking Jurassic Park trading cards, which are dope. Okay, did I ever tell you about my? Did I ever tell you about my fuckface uh, baseball card? Uh, it's no. the best. Tell me about that. Cal Cal Ripken Jr. was the the Hall of Famer guy, and right. his son was Billy Ripken. And Billy, I think, was an Oriole of yeah. Billy, uh-huh. uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and his rookie card, someone took a, the bat he was taking and on the, on the bat of the bottom of it, they wrote fuck face <laughs> and, and they actually printed those. <laughs> and, and, so, and so I went through because of how much, how much I, I figured out how much I could actually get for one of those cards. I went through them like the golden ticket. Of Willy, Willy Wonka, Wonka and I started buying boxes of Oh them. my god, dude. How many did you end and up going, with? Um, I ended up with three. Did you sell uh, them? And yeah, I sold For them, how much? It, it was like I think it was around fifty bucks each. So oh, it was like that wasn't worth it. Bucks. How much did you well, have to I mean, spend in baseball cards before you found them? Um much less than that. It was okay. a lot less All than right. that. All right, yeah. fair enough. But but after a while, like um, they they reprinted it and put like a thing over it, oh, yeah, you know, know right? like the like the Beatles butcher yeah. cover where they yeah. take the raw meat off them and have yeah. they're just sitting there instead. Yeah. <laughs> Which like wait, what brought them here? <laughs> Why are they all just sitting there? Yeah. Um, Why they look? Yeah. Oh my god, that's funny. Okay, one more. Let's do one more letter. Are you good with that? Yeah, sure. Okay, this one comes from. Uh, Tom. Tom writes, <laughs> oh my God. I don't know if I should un- un- open this can of worms. Please tell me that Murdoch is going to give us a Mick versus Motley episode very, very soon. Please, please, please. He writes please three times. So do you just want to speak openly on Mick and Motley for a moment on everything that's going on? I mean, we can we can do that or I can I can definitely promise we can we can do an episode, but it's. I, I mean, tell me, tell me where we're at in this controversy. I mean, I'm, I'm basically depending on you as my news source for this. Yeah, so so it it really is crazy in the in in the fact that Mick is now suing because he wants his twenty five percent, and they they said that he has five percent. They had meetings after he had left the band, and. Uh, the management is saying, like, you know, he's no longer in the band. He's not touring, so he's no longer part of the band. Uh, and and then Mick went heavy in the paint and said, uh, "Well, they're playing to tapes." Uh, and oh, and I think the, the, right, the, and and saying that Nikki is not playing live at all, like basically, like throwing because Nikki is the one that was kind of throwing some shit at Mick, and so he threw. He just said, like, Mick's not playing live. You know, at all, like nothing he's doing right. is live. But, but the only thing I think to, to do some, <laughs> I think it'd be amazing with Motley's management if they were like, you know, Mick, 
you, you say that you say they play the tapes. Are you going to say that Vince is playing to a tape? <laughs> <laughs> Big Mac 103. You know, it's like, what is he saying the entire time? But um, <laughs> Big Mac 103. But, but recently, what? So, so, um, it's gotten really nasty to where it kind of, it, it stinks to where the press is depressed about it. it's very negative towards the band, a band like a band that's going to be playing with Def Leppard in freaking stadiums. And who do they, is John five playing in place of yeah. Mick now? Okay. Cause Mick's yeah, not, sure. Mick, Mick can't play. Right. Or is he, that part of all this? He, he said he didn't, he wanted off the road. And like, if you saw videos of it, like, you know, good God, he's, He's doing, he was doing his best to stay up, stay up there and do the thing. I mean, you know, he's spines fusing together. So, um, but I, I never saw, I've listened, listen, I want to tell you, Tom, I've, I've, <laughs> I'm so nerded out about this thing. I list, there's a YouTube video that I listened to one night and I was like, once I started listening to it, I was like, I am an obsessed nut job of a fucking person listen to this and it was the click track i guess of what mick was listening to that someone had leaked and i was just listening to it and i was like god if i had to listen to this i would kill myself because the click track was so loud but you could hear mick and it's like it's always totally 100 percent. it seems to be that mick is flawless all the time every time Hits all the notes, never misses the notes, and and the and Motley's management said that um, that towards the end that he wasn't performing as well and he was missing notes and like that's just not true. And they've been they've been using I like backing vocals like since the girls tour. So uh, I mean, for God's sakes, they've been using like. They they had some bad tapes go off at the wrong time on Leno one time. I remember that happened. That sucked for those guys. Like <laughs> the tapes went off at the wrong time. <laughs> so uh, so you're, you're firmly you're firmly team Mick then in all this I'm whole team, situation. Yeah, I'm okay. so team Mick. Yeah, and he's so much older, dude. He's in his seventies. I was gonna say he's yeah got quite a few years on those dudes, and I mean you know he's always been an interesting case. If you have not visited the Vince. Neil versus Hanoi Rocks episode that has been, you know, earlier this year. Highly recommend there is a Mick Mars just, you know, being real fucked up and deciding to kill himself uh, subplot to that story. <laughs> so he's, you know, he always adds to the adventure, but it is sad. It's sad to see this happen with, you know, it's just any time when you just see people fighting about stuff after they've, you know, had such a long career. But it, it's interesting to hear from a fan that you're firmly on, on the mix side. Oh, sure. Is that, Absolutely. do you think that's the typical fan response? I think, I think so. And I think that it's, I think that it's going to really turn out really bad for the, you know, if you want to be, just think about the idea of capitalism and a brand or whatever, like it'll be terrible for that band and terrible for their brand that. I don't fuck I with mean, the they, sick guy. That's like PR one one. Well, yeah, it's like here's a here's a freaking ADA like legal case yeah, with a musician, wild. and that's never happened yeah. before. I mean, and, has that happened so, in rock and roll? Has there been an ADA case? There hasn't, right? And, no, and in Motley, because Mot- this is the first Motley's, time we're getting old enough rock stars for there right. to be and, this. 
And someone in Motley's management, they've now said, and this is where I think, this is where I think like it's gotten so ugly. It's crazy. Is they said that, you know, Mick's being manipulated by the people that are around him. You know, they're like, oh, the people around Mick are manipulating him. And it's, and they, and they said, and that's elder abuse is what that is. Oh my God. And so, and so making the accusation of that is, is a pretty heavy accusation to make against an individual and and the thing is, is that you can't make that accusation against an individual who who is unable to think for themselves and speak for themselves, uh, because that's not what elder abuse is. And so I, I do hope that he sues the fuck out of those guys. And as he's and as he he made one statement, someone asked him something about some like Nikki said something uh, about you know something negative about him and. And he said, I carried those guys for 30 years. Like he made us just a full brutal statement. Holy cow. Like he, he, yeah, he just, he said, I carried them. And it's like, you have to think about being the elder statesman and being 10 years older that he has to feel that way. Yeah, for sure. Well, there might be more to come. We'll keep an eye on that story, Tom. Thank you for the notes. Thanks to everybody that wrote the show. Thank you for anybody who is checking out the show and enjoying the show for the first time here in the last couple of weeks. Welcome to the fold. You can always get involved. It's wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. Wearethestoryguys.com is our website and Instagram.com slash rock and roll bedtime stories, a place to hang out with us there. And hmm, what should people keep doing until next time, Murdoch? Keep- Keep writing us letters and keep telling stories.